welcome to the Hungry Authors Podcast. A hungry author is someone who is, quite simply, hungry for it. They're willing to do what it takes to achieve their writing dreams. If that resonates, you're in the right place. I'm Ariel. And I'm Liz. We're two book coaches, editors, and writers here to help you get there. We interview experts and chat about all things publishing and writing to educate and build a community of successful writers, whatever that means to you. Welcome. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hungry Authors Podcast. We've got another one-on-one chit-chat with me and Ariel today. Um, We're going to be talking about how to set writing goals. But before we get into it, we're going to give you a little life update um, from both of us. I'll go first since my life is the less interesting of the two right now. Um, my <laughs> No comparison, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, well, we had my kids' birthdays are really close together. They're less than two years apart. Their birthdays are basically two weeks apart. My daughter was born two weeks before my son's second birthday. So um, anyway, so we have birthday and then my husband's birthday is a week after that. So it's like birthday month around here. So we had the kids' birthdays. We did a big joint birthday party with them. We are doing joint birthdays until they're old enough to say otherwise. And we combined themes too. So it was Peppa Pig and police. <laughs> so it was just a whole <laughs> bunch of Peppa Pig stuff and police stuff. Um, but anyway, that was really fun. So we did that. My mom came up for that. And then um, we are going to my husband's birthday is next week. And we are doing a little getaway um the two of us for that so that'll be great um i mean other than that life is pretty normal for me chugging along like professionally i'm in kind of an interesting spot i'm having because book writing takes so long i'm at like wrapping up a lot of projects that started a while ago like i feel like my freelance career really started slash took off about two years ago and I've had a couple books come out since then, but some of the biggest ones are wrapping up and or about to publish. So it's kind of interesting because it feels like I did them and started so long ago, but because the timeline is long, like I've got some pretty big client books launching soon. Um, a lot of things wrapping up. I got one book starting, but but most things are actually wrapping up. And so I'm That's just insane. trying to figure out what I take on next. I've taken so I was telling Ariel, I've taken some pretty big swings that haven't worked out or just like shot, shot my shot um, on a couple things that haven't panned out that feels kind of crappy, but is part of the part of the game. Like you got to, you know, keep trying for things, keep going. I know that something always works out eventually and I'm trying to sort of take things to the next level. So anytime you're trying to do that, charge more get bigger clients, go for bigger things. Um, you know, there's always, there's always some resistance to that and it doesn't always happen easily. So, um, so that hasn't felt great, but all the, you know, confidence building self-help people say, (laughs) say you have to like fail and hit some resistance in order to like grow. Um, but I have had some cool things work out too. So anyway, um, yeah, basically a lot of books, books of my ghostwriting clients coming out soon, which is cool. And then, um, in the new year, I, um, yeah, I'm looking, 
just looking ahead to what's next. I mean, we've, we've obviously got our book coming out. We've got our membership that we're creating. I've got one big ghost writing book that, that I already do have signed. That's going to start pretty soon. Um, but I don't know, kind of in this transition periods where it feels like lots of things are wrapping up and you don't quite know what's next and you're hitting a little bit of resistance. Sometimes it's, it's just sort of a period where you start to think like, you know, what do I, what do I really want to do? Am I going to write my own book? Am I going to, are we going to pursue something? What else are we going to pursue with hungry authors? I don't know. It's exciting, but it also has, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel so good either. So anyway, that's basically it. What about you? Well, over here, we are on a totally new journey we just became foster parents. So we have a little baby staying with us for a while and it is a lot of fun, uh, learning how to become, how to learning how to be parents for the first Mm -hmm. time. Um, so I shared in season one about our, our infertility journey and I've shared that before. And so we have kind of gone away from IVF and, you know, kind of stopped pursuing our own biological children for the time being. And this year we decided, um, we were going to try fostering and really my husband kind of felt called to do that and suggested it and said, you know, I really would love to explore this. And so this year we've been doing the training and jumping through all of the administrative hoops, which there's a lot of red tape as there should be, um, Mm -hmm. to become a foster parent and, you know, welcome someone else's child into your home. It's kind of funny though, because we, we talk often about how like you know, to become a biological parent, there are, there's zero classes you have to take. There are zero background checks you have to do. There is absolutely no qualifications you need. 16 year olds (laughs) do it on accident. Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need a working uterus and a a couple other things and then Mm -hmm. it happens. Um, but to become a foster parent, obviously, and again, as it should be, there is a, there's a lot more that needs to happen beforehand. And so we've been um, working the past six, seven, uh, maybe even longer than that months towards this. And so we just got our first placement and we are adjusting to life as new parents and it's, it's exciting and it's, um, weird, but you know, we're, we're doing well so far. Yeah. But (laughs) in contrast, I mean, you have all that prep that biological parents aren't required to do, but you don't get any notice. Right, like that's, that's another true. thing we're talking about is like, at least when you get pregnant, you get nine months of a heads up. You yes. literally got a call the day you were approved. Like right. you have less than 24 hours to accept or whatever it is. Like yes. you literally just get a baby dropped on you. Yes, that's true. That was kind of crazy. <laughs> like you don't have any like... time to actually, yeah. I don't know, like mentally prepare, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we literally, we got the call. We had, uh, a few hours basically to decide if we would say yes or not. We decided to say yes. And then we had, yeah, about 24 hours to like go do some grocery shopping, go to Mm -hmm. Costco, buy some diapers, get some formula. And, oh, we had to acquire a crib in that time too. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for Facebook marketplace. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we made it happen. Wow. Yeah. So exciting times over here, but Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about writing goals. Um, and I want to share a story about an author who I worked with when I was at Corwin. So her name is Catlin. And Catlin was just like a miracle for us. <laughs> she was the dream author because here's what was going on. Catlin was 
is a full-time parent. She is, you know, she's got two kids. She was teaching full-time. She, I think, was teaching fourth grade. She was getting her doctorate. She was consulting and traveling and speaking at conferences. And she was writing a book. Mm -hmm. And this woman, I was her editor on at least three projects. And she never, ever missed a deadline. She showed up to every meeting we scheduled. She responded to every single email and she always made her deadlines. And I was just struck because I knew how much she had going on. I mean, I had other authors with way less going on who couldn't meet their deadlines, (laughs) but this woman was always able to make it happen and turn in a high quality manuscript on time, even with all of this other stuff she had going on in her life. So one time I asked her like, what's your secret? And obviously I'm hoping she's going to say something that is like really easy that I could (laughs) be like, Oh, here's this tip from Catelyn and it's going to change your life. And you're going to be able to turn around these amazing manuscripts on time. And I'm thinking maybe she takes like these fancy supplements to give her like turbo typing skills or maybe (laughs) maybe she's got, you know, some book mapping process that's like going to work wonders. Yeah. And her answer was, oh, I write every day from four to six a.m. And that's it. That was it. She was like, I, I do that before I get my kids up and then I get them ready and then they go to school and then I go to school. And, and then I do my doctoral work in the evenings and I wake up the next morning and I work on my book from four to 6am and that was it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's not fun. (laughs) Like I hate missing sleep, Yeah. but she, I mean, the point is she made it happen. She treated it like part of her job. And she was like, I need to do these books because it's important to me. I have something to say. They were, you know, contributing to her consulting career. And it was just part of her job. And she did what she needed to do to make it happen. And I think that has always stuck with me because number one, I mean, that is an incredible amount of discipline. Yeah. But also it's just the, the mindset that she had of like, I'm a pro. And so I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get this done. Yeah. It's also like most of the best answers are boring. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've heard doctors say, you know, people always, you know, people who want to lose weight are Mm -hmm. asking, you know, a lot of people want like, what's a supplement I can take or a thing that's going to kind of make it easier or, you know, simplify it somehow. And they're like, you know, well, you just eat in a caloric deficit or, you know, eat more protein and more vegetables. I don't want to get into like a, everyone has yeah. their own idea about that, but, but the, but the, the bottom line is it's pretty, it's usually pretty simple and not that interesting right. and something you probably already know, right? How right. do you write a 50,000 word book? Well, you write One a thousand word words time. for 50 days in a row or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, you and I, as professional ghostwriters regularly have to think through, um, if I'm okay, I've got six weeks or 12 weeks, however, you know, the contract mm-hmm. is formatted and the deadline, um, to get to this, these, this many words, you can't wake up one day and 
cram to some degree. I mean, you can do a little bit of that, but in general, like you can't wake up and have a 20,000 word deadline do the next day and, and hit that. That's right. pretty insane. You, you do have to break it down somehow. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, like Catelyn, you just set a goal and stick to it every day. And it's usually, you know, waking up at four is that kind of sucks. Although like most working parents, you know, that's the yeah. only time that you have to do it. But, um, but it is kind of amazing how that small amount of progress every day, especially if you commit to something really manageable, like a thousand words, which is really, I think most people would be pretty surprised at how quickly you could get to a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Um, how it really doesn't actually take that long to get to your goal, especially at 50. Now, like we have a little, you know, to get into like the genres, which is also a part of our book. Um, the pers- if you're writing prescriptive nonfiction, a word count is going to be shorter. Usually those are between like 30 to 65. Now I would say if you're going to traditionally publish, you're probably going to want more than 30, like 30 yes. probably lands more on the like hybrid self-publishing end. Don't yes. you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know I recently had uh, an author who came to me wanting to write like less than 10,000 word book and get mm-hmm. it traditionally published. And I was like, no, no, that's not going to work for traditional publishers. Yeah. But anyways, the, the point is, yeah, prescriptive nonfiction, you're kind of in that 30 to 65,000 word range. And the higher end is going to be usually what you see with traditionally published prescriptive yeah. nonfiction books. Yeah. Almost every one of my traditionally published prescriptive nonfiction books, the contract is 50 to 60. Like yeah. that's just pretty, must be pretty standard because it's on just about yep. all of them. Um, and if anyone's curious, you get like 10% wiggle room on either end of that. If you come in 10% lower, they'll probably kick it back to you immediately. And if you kick it, come up 10% higher, if you should turn in an 80,000 word book, they're going to kick it right back again and be like, trim this down. I don't want 80,000 words about how to become a gardener or whatever. Right. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. And then memoir is higher. Those are 60 to 60 to 80. Both of the two memoir contracts that I've had recently have been 75. So and you're saying in the thousands of words, 60, sorry, yeah, 80, yeah. thousand words. <laughs> yes. Thousand. <laughs> thousand. Yeah. And yeah. then narrative uh, nonfiction is the longest usually between, um, yeah, 80,000 to a hundred thousand and biography would probably fall in mm-hmm. that range too. Yeah. So, if, you know, narrative nonfiction biographies, those are much more historical. They take a lot of research. And so those books are typically pretty thick. You're looking at, you know, Kate Moore's books. They're, there's, you know, a few hundred pages at least, whereas memoir and prescriptive nonfiction are typically a little bit more accessible and therefore a little bit shorter. But let's talk through some of the math because there is, yeah. there is some math here that you can do. So the first step is to pick kind of an overall word count. And we always say, you know, when in doubt, pick 50,000. 50,000 is just like, it's, I mean, there's, there's no magic to it. It's, there's nothing special about 50,000 words. It's just like, it's a pretty average word count for a book. So if you truly are like, I have no idea what kind of a word count to pick here, pick 50,000, but we just gave you the ranges. Um, you know, if you're writing memoir, maybe you want to be more like 60,000, then you're going to pick an ideal end date. And for this, I would say, don't pick anything less than three months. 
there are lots of programs you can find out there that will be like, learn how to write a book in 60 days. I saw one recently that was learn how to write a book with AI in 24 hours. And I was like, oh dear, that's not going to be a good book, you know? Um, But there's definitely things that I've seen that are like, write a book in a weekend, write a book in six weeks, whatever it is. And in our professional opinion, it is very, very hard to write a high quality book in that short amount of time. So give yourself a long enough period of time that you will need to apply some discipline to it and come back to it to make it good. Mm-hmm. But also you don't want to give yourself so much time that the project tends to drag on forever and you can put it off for a long right. time. So when in doubt here, pick six months. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty typical. You can write yeah, a great most, book in mm-hmm. six months or less. Yeah. And yeah, most, I mean, even like to compare to the, the agencies and publishers that you and I work with, I mean, six months mm-hmm. is pretty standard for, yep. especially for a prescriptive nonfiction that comes in a little bit less, like nine, yeah. maybe for, if you were writing a little bit of a bigger book, but six mm-hmm. is pretty fair. Yeah. So then to kind of figure out like a, an average chapter word count, you're going to take your total word count. So let's say it's 50,000 words. That's your overall goal you're aiming for. Then you're going to subtract like 3,000 ish for an introduction. So now you're down to 47,000 words. You're going to subtract another 3,000 for the conclusion. So now we're down to 44,000 words. And then divide that by the number of chapters you have planned. So this is assuming that you've done some book mapping and you've figured out, you know, what your chapters are going to be and how many chapters you want. Mm -hmm. Let's just say, again, for the sake of this math, that you've got 10 chapters. So 44,000 divided by 10, that's going to be 4,400 words. So every chapter is going to be around 4,400 words. And you know, you've got some wiggle room. Some chapters are going to be a little little bit longer. Some are going to be a little bit shorter, but that way you've got like some milestones to aim for. So then if you say, okay, I'm going to write 500 words a day, you know, it's going to take you eight days to get to Mm 4,000. It's going to take you, you know, 10 days to get to 5,000. So you can kind of start to map out. All right. in like maybe a week, I can write one chapter and kind of go from there. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think about the math differently? That's how I think about the math. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I think about it pretty similarly. Um, I would say just a quick note, if anyone heard, uh, like your conclusion doesn't have to be 3000 words. That would be a little bit on the long side. Just FYI. That's true. Um, but yeah. whatever point remains, subtract some words for the conclusion. I mean, I think right. ours came at like less than a thousand. So that's just, true. Just yeah. letting you know. Um, but no, I think about it similarly. Um, and sometimes I even, because of the nature of writing contracts, I'm usually even thinking in smaller chunks, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause we often have to pause for, uh, you know, well, uh, client feedback and editor feedback and payment Mm -hmm. milestones and stuff. So sometimes, you know, I'm thinking in terms of like 20 to 25,000 words, how long is it going to take me if I write a thousand words a day, you know, pretty quick. Um, 
And um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, there's not a lot of mystery to the movie. Right, yeah, like, it's, it's pretty it straightforward. Really, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other way you can think about it is more like how our author, my author, Catelyn, thought about it, which was, I'm not going to set a word goal for myself every day. I'm just going to set this time goal. I'm going to spend two hours every morning. And I don't know if she did that on the weekends too, but I think most people typically say like five days a week, you Mm -hmm. should be coming to your writing. And so you can instead, if a word count feels inaccessible to you, or you're just not sure how many words you can write, set a time goal instead. And sometimes that's, that's what I do. Um, you know, when I'm ghostwriting, I'll, I'll dedicate like four hours in a day to working on my, my ghostwriting project. Um, because that's just, that's the time that I have available. I will say that it helps with flow. I don't like to talk about flow a lot because (laughs) I don't know. I feel like my, just sort of sometimes overly cerebral self is a little bit resistant to the idea of flow. Although I know it's very real and have experienced it myself. And -hmm. it also sometimes feels a little bit like, I don't know, unattainable. It's almost like happiness. Like if you try too hard, you're not going to get there. You have to be like cool (laughs) enough and chill enough to achieve flow or whatever. But I will say, I think I have an easier time with flow. And let's just say by flow, I mean, easy writing that is coming really naturally and coming out pretty well. When I do not think too much in terms of word count, because I've had plenty of experiences where, especially when I'm on deadline, I know I have to get to two or 3000 in a day and I'm checking word count. I'm hitting that word count total, like every half hour or something that usually does not flow achieve. But if I'm more just like, okay, I'm doing this for the next two hours, it does help me to get absorbed in it. Um, more. So that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. If you want a, maybe a little bit more enjoyable writing experience, maybe think about a time, time goal rather than a word count goal. Yeah. Cause otherwise, yeah, you're going to be checking that word count every 10 minutes going, have I gotten there yet? Nope. Okay. Yeah. And then it's actually pretty <laughs> depressing because you're like right. 200 words. That's what right. I wrote in the last like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But actually that's a good segue. Let's talk about some writing rhythms and routines. Cause you know, how do you get yourself ready to do that writing? Cause I think that is a big part of the mental game that again, a professional writer and someone who kind of approaches this as a professional, there are some things that they do just like you do when you're going to work, you've got, you know, you're going to wake up and get your coffee and then you're going to, you know, do your commute and you don't even realize it because you've been doing so long. But by doing those habitual actions, you're getting yourself in the mindset to do work. Mm -hmm. And there are things that we can do as writers too, to get ourselves in the mindset to do work. So why don't you share some of the things? Because I know you have, you are actually better, I think, about having some routines and rituals than I am. Yeah. So, well, first of all, like we've talked about a little bit already, um, you have to set a time put it on the calendar, um, block it out. You know, if you use Calendly, like Ariel and I use Calendly, I have on my personal calendar that's connected to Calendly, like nine to 12 every morning just says, right. It's blocked out every weekday morning. It's just, you know, the most, the way that I protect that time. Yep. Um, so, you know, 
I don't like to get too wound up in the exact right time to write or do anything. I think most research would show you that most people do great in the mornings. We're fresher, mm -hmm. we're coming off a good night's sleep. There's a lot of brain research that you're, you know, just firing better on all cylinders or neurons or, you know, whatever the words are there. But, <laughs> um, but plenty of people operate um, differently. Like Tim Ferriss is really famous for saying in many different public forums that he writes like late into the night. He mm -hmm. even outlines like his beverages, like he starts with like a little bit of um, like high quality, like vodka or something. And oh then goodness. like moves into like coffee <laughs> or tea. Like he's got this, you know, Tim Ferriss, he's like got everything down to this insane science, even to like sure. down to the beverages he drinks, but he'll go till two or three in the morning. And, you know, there are plenty of people who are wired that way. So there's no real, yeah, you know, exact, Thing to it. So anyway, if you find, um, you know, Alice Sullivan is a ghostwriter who I am um, fortunate enough to have, you know, interacted personally with a little bit, but and so is someone I admire. And she wrote a, a piece not too long ago that was about how um, you just find what experiment, find that section of the day that works the best for you and you just protect it at all costs. Um, so that's the number one. And, you know, you make a date with yourself on the calendar. Um, I find that uh, it is really helpful for me to start thinking about the writing before, before mm -hmm. I show up to sit down, especially yes. if it's something like memoir or anything that's personal and even not like I write a lot of prescriptive, like our book, of course, is prescriptive. And I write for a lot of, um, it goes for a lot of prescriptive writers and, um, and even then like just turning over the outline, the chapter, like start thinking about it before usually the night before um even like jotting down some notes or looking over the outline it's just you know you and i have um have both it's in our book and also i know in other places talked about the idea that like good writing is just a reflection of good thinking yes and it is really helpful if you of course you ideally would have done all of your book mapping ahead of this but even outside of that to start thinking writing in your head even before yes. you actually sit down, you will feel much more prepared if you've done a little bit of um, just thinking about it ahead of time. Yeah. And you actually, um, I've, I've kind of learned a bit from you about this. And you mm -hmm. told me one time that, you know, before you sit down to write a, a, a chapter or something, especially if it's a ghostwritten project, you'll listen to mm -hmm. the transcript or listen to your own recording of yourself talking mm -hmm. about it to the day before to kind of yeah. prep yourself to do the writing. And then that way, you know, overnight, whatever happens in our brains, our brains are processing that information while we sleep. So that the next day you can come and kind of know what you're going to say. And actually the, I have found that to be incredibly helpful. So when I sit, I know tomorrow I need to write this chapter for this project. Mm -hmm. I will go and listen to the transcripts now and just like, I'll go on a walk and just listen to the transcripts and just hear, hear the things that the author has said again. Um, yeah. If you are, you know, tra uh, transcribing yourself speaking, that can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I thought that was a really, really good advice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And again, if you're just writing for yourself, you can do this. You can listen to yourself or you can read some of your own writing that you did before, like anything to kind of you know, get you in the zone or like in the, 
mood or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I, again, going back to the flow conversation, I try not to overly romanticize creativity and writing um, mm-hmm. just because it can sometimes feel inaccessible to people or you yeah. know exacerbate the feeling that writing isn't for me or it's of some special echelon of people who feel a certain special thing so not to overly romanticize writing but there is an element of creativity that um you know that you kind of got to get yourself in the mood for frankly yeah. you know it's really hard to just sit down and be able mm-hmm. to pull good words out of your brain if you haven't done any kind of table setting kind of you know like right. um bj novak i i heard him on might have even been tim tim ferris's podcast honestly um i think it was bj novak from the office uh he's a tv writer and actor um he was talked about his uh he has some interesting phrasing for it that i'm gonna forget of course right here but it's basically he calls it like his amp up or his ramp up or his fire up something like that where before he sits down to do his creative writing at 10 a.m but before that he has a whole list of things he does including like walking to this coffee shop he gets the exact same coffee every day he drinks it he walks back he does he does this whole thing and um and he was saying that he does that because um it's really hard to do creative work if you are in a bad mood like it's just you know and like yeah that's true it's you know not we can't we all have hard things in our life so you can't always come to the work in a great mood but you do when you know you and i have personally experienced this to some degree we've had griefs in the Mm -hmm. last few years it's really hard to write well if you're just sad or mad or Mm -hmm. whatever it doesn't even matter it doesn't even matter if you're writing about something really emotional it's hard to write anything if you just don't have access to that part of your brain anyway so a lot of this is just designed to like help you get in the right mindset, put away yeah. whatever those things are, even if they're really hard. If you're a professional yep. writer, you got to put them away. Do your do your little thing that it takes to get you yeah. um, able to write. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's something as simple as lighting a candle, like yeah. going to, you know, and this is a lot of advice you've probably heard before, but it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, writing down your intentions for your, your time, doing your morning pages, um, ahead of time so that you're kind of clearing the clutter in your brains. Also for me, it helps to clear the clutter on my physical desk because Mm -hmm. I have a bad habit of letting papers and letting books stack up on my desk. And then I don't want to be there, which makes it really hard to do writing. If I'm literally in a place with that, I don't want to be. So for me, often I find I need to kind of keep my desk clean because then I will want to actually sit down at it. Yep. Um, yep. Clear the clutter, set a timer. We talked about this or similar yes. concept of just, you know, there's something about like people love the Pomodoro technique. I haven't, yes. I like it fine. I don't use it religiously, but there's something about like actually turning the little thing, yep. watching it click, click, you know, if it's not distracting to you, obviously, but like yep. there's just something about being timed that like mm-hmm. feels like you have to you have to be sitting there, you know? Yeah. I, I recently, um, well, our friend Camden Morganti, she and I did a writing day together recently and she uses mm-hmm. the Pomodoro technique. And so mm-hmm. every, I think it was 45 minutes, she got up and stretched and got water, you know, did whatever mm-hmm. she needed to do. Um, but yeah, it was, and I, I don't use that. I 
I don't at all. I just yeah. like tend to lose myself in it and work for hours, which is probably not good. I probably should do something like that. But then we talked with Krista Harden a mm-hmm. few episodes ago, how she would just do like a five minute timer. Yeah. So, that was crazy to me. I was like, Oh my I gosh, know. I can't hardly even decide what I want to say in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. But yeah. for some people that really works. And yeah. so a lot of this is you're going to have to do some experimentation. You're going to have to, you know, try something and go, that made zero difference to me. Yep. And you're going to try something else and be like, Whoa, that was super helpful. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of it is like the same advice, but what works for you is going to look different from what works for me. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, other quick things, um, paint your nails. I Uh, like this advice. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wrote this, we're pulling a little bit from our book here guys. And I wrote this particular chapter, uh, or the, the chapter that includes this, this information anyway. And, um, yeah. And paint your nails. Like I actually find this helpful. Like, I don't know. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like a professional. Your fingers are always in your periphery when you're typing. And, you know, it's kind of the equivalent of like, get cute workout clothes if you want to work out. Um, so, um, yeah. Anyway, paint your nails, just try it out. Uh, if you, if you, (laughs) whatever, want to feel a little more motivated, put on good music, Ariel and I come down on different sides of this. I can hardly write in total silence and I need music. I even listen to the same playlist over and over and over again. Cause I kind of do get that. Like it has become a trigger for me or whatever right. in, a, in a good way. Like, uh, yeah. what's, a, what's a good trigger? What's it called? Uh, um, pro, uh, yeah. Prom, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of gets me going, um, into the Ryan writing. holiday says he does that too with his okay. books. He like, he usually has just like one song on yeah. repeat while he's writing, Ooh. which to me, that would drive me absolutely Yeah, that, I don't do that, but I do the same playlist. And when that <laughs> playlist comes on, I'm like, oh, here yeah. I go. Yeah. And to me, the soundtrack of my writing is like my neighbor's lawnmower. I prefer writing outside on my front porch. And that's just like mentally the space where I'm like, I'm going here to do deep work, to do writing. And usually it's just like the ambient noise of the birds chirping and yeah you know, down the street, the cars going by or whatever. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I cannot do music because I do find music distracting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. So the most important thing out of all of this, no matter what routine you choose to do or what music you do or don't listen to, or what your writing goals are, is the point of all of this is to get, um, get words on the page. You cannot make progress if you do not have words on the page. That might sound like duh, but I promise you at some point, if you sit down to write an actual book, you will get to a place at some point where you just have to get words on the page. It will not feel super fun. It will not feel good. It will not feel like you are in flow. But if you are trying to hit a goal, there will be plenty of days where you show up and you are worried that you are just putting out crap. And it might be that. And guess what? It's still progress. And that's, you cannot make progress if you don't have, you know, what the I don't know where it came from, but the shitty first draft, you know, that's a common like thing in in writing. Like you have to have a shitty first draft. It will be bad. Um, The good news is if you have done book mapping and you know for each chapter what the main takeaway is, where you're going to start, where you're going to finish and the, you know, the points you're going to hit, 
if you have that, it will not be that bad. Right. It will, those sentences might not be beautiful and you might not make the points as eloquently as you want to, but you will yeah. have the information on the page that needs to be there, right? And you will be able to edit it. So do not fear the shitty first draft. The whole goal is just to get up and get the words on the page. You can't do yes. anything without words on the page. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So you want to run through a couple things to do if you get yeah. stuck? If you are feeling stuck, if you are like, I've been staring at this page for 20 minutes and I really don't know where to go with this, there's a few things you can do. Number one, go back to your book map and, and ask yourself, do I really know what I'm trying to say here? Am I stuck because I don't know what to say? And mm -hmm. in that case, you know, you've got some, some planning work that you need to do. Yeah. But if you have done the planning work and you are truly just struggling to find the words to realize the plan, then there's some things you can do like recording yourself, just talking about it. Mm -hmm. I know you like to use this a lot. You can mm -hmm. use, um, you can use a, a service like otter.ai or rev, which is just like a recording thing where you just, you're going to talk and it's yep. going to make a transcript of mm -hmm. you talking. And then you can listen to it back again before you write. Mm -hmm. And you can also take words from the transcript and use those to start populating that blank document. And they um, have apps for these. I yes. do all of that on my phone. Like sometimes I will just sit on my bed with my dictation app open and yeah. talk through the outline. And if you have a decent outline, it's not half bad. A lot yeah. of cleaning up to do, but like it's not half bad. Yeah. Um, you can move your body. Like I definitely, when I'm in like deep writing days, I know that I need to, t I need to take at least one walk and it needs to be a long walk. Mm -hmm. I need to just move my body, not just because I'm like stiff from sitting all day, but also just because like my brain needs that movement. So mm -hmm. I always kind of make plans to, to move my body. Um, do like go somewhere else, change up your surroundings. You know, if sometimes if you're like, you know what? sitting in the corner of my room is just not working for me, go sit on the porch, go sit at your dining room table, whatever it is. Um, spend some time free writing. So we talked about this as a way to get prepared to write, but you can also use it to get unstuck. It's just like journal for a little bit. You're like, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now, but you know, journal about it. Yep. And then do something fun. Like if you're like, I I just need some levity. Sometimes giving your brain something totally different is going to help, un, you know, dislodge something. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And the main thing in all of that is just to give yourself permission to be not to, to be imperfect and, and let it be bad. When I have clients that are really, really hung up and they're been putting off giving me feedback or writing a first draft, depending on, you know, the nature of the collaboration. But whenever they're just been dragging, dragging and saying they're going to do it for a long time and we finally get down to it, it's that um, they can't think of the perfect thing. They can't think of the perfect word. They're hung up on, you know, what exactly should be right here or should I move this thing? And it stops them from making any progress at all because, um, you know, they're too worried that it has to be perfect. And that's just you can't to get to get it out onto the page and keep making progress. You can't you can't think like that. You got to let yourself be bad. You got to let it be imperfect. You got to trust the process. And if you've got a book map, then you have a process uh, mm -hmm. and keep moving forward and um, stick to your goals. And that's pretty much it. I love it. 
Well, let's let's wrap up there. If you're doing NaNoWriMo, good luck. You are in the thick of it right now. I hope this was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more tips. Thanks for being part of the Hungry Authors community. If you like this episode, could you do us a huge favor? Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We would so appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at hungryauthors or hungryauthors.com, our website, to get more information about our masterclasses and upcoming episodes. Remember that you have a story and a message worth publishing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen. Bye.